The NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Shady Rays is having their best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses and go to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Shady to enter the Shady Rays Parlay of the Day contest. We're also brought to you by SGPN's Draft Week. All week long, SGPN has you covered with draft props, mock drafts, and our live NFL Draft Watch party make sure to smash that subscribe button at youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast drivers start your Wrap in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions but since i'm on probation i suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well if you could talk about racing things we could talk about racing things. now here are your hosts rod via gomez and cody zeeb Welcome in to another episode of the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's Cody Zeeb. I'm Rod Gomez, and we are here to talk DFS for the Worth 400 at the Dover Motor Speedway in Dover, Delaware. Uh, DFS going to be some fun this week for our little one-mile track uh, over there in Dover, the Monster Mile, as it were. But, Cody... Uh, we're, we're taking a deep breath because we're not at super speedway mode anymore. We can actually predict some stuff to happen in this track and hopefully it holds up. Hopefully it holds up. That's the key, right? The dartboard has been put away. The random draw, random number generators. My daughter's not setting my lineups this time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, hopefully likely will be more, more predictable this week than the super speedways. Of course, we talked about it last week, the betting side, the DFS side, everything just a shit show. That's what it turned out to be. Uh, and so here we are on a, on a more reliable track, a uh, more easier to predict, hopefully, track. Um, so yeah, I'm excited, ready to dig into it, and uh, it's going to be a good one. I feel like that is a, a generous uh, assessment of last week's race. I feel like there should be a stronger term uh, out there for for what we witnessed last week but yeah i mean again as we broke down in the gambling show uh earlier this week it's just there's going to be some people that rise to the front as they always do at this track um obviously some of the more uh successful players here on this track drivers here on this track uh, are not around anymore a la jimmy johnson he's not racing this although i'm kind of surprised this i figured this would be one that he would brush out the old 84 for right i mean this track and jimmy johnson it's pretty synonymous the 84 shit the 48 was available he could have been in that oh my god that's <laughs> right yeah i mean look that's, I, oh man and, and uh, the the whole all-star thing i know we kind of talked about it yesterday but with the all-star race being in this area where bowman might miss it put jimmy johnson in the 48 for the all-star race like i can't think of a better way to send him out of the 48 car but 
whatever. Go back, listen to yesterday's Xfinity show. We obviously addressed the Bowman news. We're going to actually bring it up here more in a little bit. Uh, Josh Berry filling in for him this week. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, but Jimmy Johnson in the car. What, especially the 48s open. I, the nine, okay, whatever, but the 48, come on, man. It almost writes itself. I'm not sure what publicist kind of lost out on that, but uh, it almost writes itself to have him in the 48. Yes. I would have a tear. And then if Lowe's came back for one oh, day. Oh, man. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Could you imagine that? Like, That'd be, uh, And they do it for Rod free. Would, Rod would be a basket case over there. Uh, you would not. Yeah, we, we could not do a live camera on me because I would be, I'd be teared up for sure. Uh, yeah, definitely not. Not something pretty. That would be good. Um, all right. So like we talked about, this is, of course, the uh, Dover Motor Speedway in Dover. It is a one-mile track, which means, obviously, there will be some laps to lead around this worth 400. Uh, they will run 400 laps on this for 400 miles. We have seen some big chunks of, of laps led on this one. Obviously, strategy here is going to be tried to get the guys uh, up top. And, and hang on. If they hang on, you you get a good day. Um, there is rain in the forecast now. We've we've sort of talked about that in the the race and the uh, betting episodes. But it's looking more and more now like we could be contending with some rain. Hopefully that doesn't uh, hinder the the qualifying efforts. It may. We just gonna have to keep an eye on where everybody starts. The metrics out there, Cody. I think we need to break it down a little bit more too for DFS purposes. Yeah, but it's we out there. Should uh, should pull the metric up and uh, see how. I think it would be Kyle. If, I want to say Kyle Bush, Christopher Bell would be the front row. That's what I saw. I yeah. will quickly try and find Bob's tweet about it. And and listen, Kyle Bush is among the lap leaders on this track as well. So if he does secure himself a top a front row start. Uh, within the first couple, you could be in for a pretty big day. So obviously we got to keep yeah, an eye on that. Yeah, watch out if yeah. And again, that's going to be a lot to keep an eye on. It's going to be interesting. Um, obviously, it, depending on how this works. So, uh, yeah. So it would be Kyle Bush and Christopher Bell row one, Ryan Blaney and Brad Keselowski row two actually, um, and then Busher and Briscoe. Tyler Reddick and William Byron, Ricky Stenhouse, Chase Elliott, I believe would be the first five rows if I am reading this correctly. It is backwards, but <laughs> and not completely organized, but I believe that is uh, the starting thing. And then we can, of course, uh, compare that to as we talk about these guys. But again, we don't know the starting lineup, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but like you said, 400 laps here. It's going to be very important to get lap leaders. Their quick laps is a very fast track. It's one mile, and they're going at high speed, so they click off the laps quickly. Uh, you're going to need laps led. You're going to need fastest laps. Of course, as you get down into your budget, guys, you're going to need good finishing positions and, and place differential as well. But if you don't pick the one or two drivers that dominate this race, going to be a rough weekend for you in DFS. It will definitely be a rough weekend for you at DFS. And while this lead may change hands quite a bit, it stays within the same few people, so uh, don't don't be shocked if you see two or three people fighting for the lead uh, all race long. But we are here to give you DFS picks, and we'll do exactly that before we've got to step away for a quick break to tell you about Shady Ray's Parlay of the Day contest. We're running a special Parlay of the Day contest for people who've bought their shades from ShadyRays.com 
using the promo code SGPN. Each day of the NFL Draft, the Sports Gambling Podcast will release a Shady Rays parlay of the day. If that parlay hits, cash will be awarded to one lucky listener. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady to start getting shady with our friends over at Shady Rays. They've got you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and so much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company. Gives you world-class products. It's just as good as any expensive pair that we have ever worn. You want durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures? Look no farther than Shady Rays. Plus, that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every single pair of sunglasses that they sell is backed by lost and broken replacements. That means if you lose or break your pair, even 15 seconds after you get them out of the box, it's fine. They're going to replace those for you. Best of all, no questions asked. They don't even care how you did it. They just want to replace them for you to get you back out there uh, with eye protection. Plus, you're going to feel good and look good. To date, they have donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair that you do love. Or if you're just uh, disappointed altogether, don't know how that can happen, it's fine. Return them for free within 30 days. No risk when you shop with Shady Rays. That team has always got your back. And exclusively for you, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Oh, go ahead. Speaking of contests, don't forget to get into Hamlin Mania. Of course, we talked about that on the betting episode Tuesday and tomorrow's show, Friday. Uh, It will be us breaking down our picks for that. Um, and yeah, so make sure uh, you go over to at NASCAR gambling on Twitter. We've got the link posted there. Get in, get your picks in. Uh, let tune in Friday, hear our picks and then, uh, yeah, follow along. going to be fun. Denny Hamlin, one twenty four scale car for first place, SGPN, uh, merch gift card for second place. If you're third place, well, you know, if you're not first, you're last. So sucks for you. Amen. Thanks, Ricky, thanks Bobby, it up. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for coming to our TED Talk. Um, yes. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> all right. So Miles the Monster would look fantastic with a pair of Shady Raid sunglasses on. We might need Ooh. to see about making that happen uh, by the end of it all. Just saying. Just throwing it out there. But uh, all right. Well, let's get let's get everybody set up for some DFS. So they know the drill if they've listened to this show once or twice. If you're brand new, we're going to give you DFS picks. We'll give you a high price driver. We'll give you a mid price driver, and then we'll step down to the lower price tier. Normally, you can fit all of our our drivers in one uh, lineup. I think this week is definitely uh, a week where you can do it. <laughs> I, think, I think it'll easily fit this week. Yeah. So just uh, uh, Rod took took budget to a whole new meeting at the top of the board. <laughs> heck yeah, I did. Uh, because I well, I'll tell you why in a minute. But uh, yeah, definitely pick, choose anybody you want. Play them all. Play one. Play none. We're just here to give you the picks. What you do with them, completely up to you. So Cody, who is your highest price driver this week? Yeah, I'm going to lead off with a guy that uh, that I had in multiple bets uh, for Sunday's race. going to be Chase Elliott, 10,800. Uh, you look at the board, Larson is on the top. He's at 11,500 for good reason. Also would be a good play. William Byron is next, 11,200. I talked about kind of being a little bit off of Byron. I'm not in full fade by any means for sure. Uh, but then Chase Elliott at 10,800. So getting a nice $700 price discount from Kyle Larson. Chase Elliott has been good here in the past. Um, you go back and you look at how he's done this season. Of course, 
He's missed most of the races, but since he's been back, a nice solid 12th place finish at Talladega. Seemed very comfortable in the car. Led a good portion of laps throughout the day. One stage one, inches from winning stage two. Um, so again, I'm not not concerned at all by that. A 10th place at the Bristol, or uh, not Bristol, 10th place at Martinsville, rather, uh, in the race before that. Uh, so a good solid by him there, his first race back. Second place at Auto Club earlier this season. Again, we kind of talked about you can compare this to more the intermediate style. He's obviously been faster. The Hendrick cars have been fast. Hendrick has owned this place. I think it was, was it 22, 25 wins Hendrick has here? I had looked up that stat on the, the betting episode. I can't remember, but it is a lot of fucking wins at this track. Um, and Elliot has been good here since he has been here racing here in his career. You go all the way back to his rookie season, a couple of third place finishes, a fifth in 2017 then, and also a second. I mean, you go through all these great finishes. He won this race last year. He led 73 laps at the end of the race, a third place in 21, a fifth place in 2020. So he is, for the most part, always in the mix here. A couple of bad finishes in there where he got caught up in some stuff, had some issues, but he is a guy that can go out and lead laps. We saw it all last season, right? He, I believe he led more laps than anybody else. He had more stage wins, all that fun stuff. He, he was up front a lot. Uh, and we saw him come out of the gate looking strong, right? Auto Club, the one non-super speedway race he was at, a second-place run, looked good. Then, of course, his broken leg. We didn't get to see him. Come back on Martinsville, he kind of works things out. I think we're going to see now, and, and this is kind of going to be your chance to get him a little. He's still not cheap, obviously. He's the third-highest-priced guy on the board here. But before he catches up to Larson and Price, going to be a good week to play him. He will be popular like he always is, um, so keep that in mind for some of your GPP stuff. But I do think he's a really good play here. Hendrick owns this place. I expect Chevy-dominated race. I expect a Hendrick-dominated race, um, and I think that Chase Elliott's going to be a big part of that. Yeah, Hendrick for sure, and and really all you kind of had to lead with and, and say Hendrick. <laughs> Literally, this is, this is what it is uh, for Hendrick. Every <laughs> Hendrick driver is in play no matter what, except for, of course, Bowman uh, now, who is no longer in play. But, you know, I'm telling you right now, this this is going to be a very uh, lopsided race, I, I believe, with Hendrick, especially if they're able to qualify uh, because, obviously, they, you know, they, they carry with them a lot, a lot of laps led, wins. Jimmy Johnson's got yeah. most of them, like you said, but... And, and, yeah, I mean, with the metric, like, Elliott would start 10th, which is nice for some place differential spots. And there's not a ton of guys in front of him that I'm super scared of really just running away with it. Like Bush on the front row would be the one that you maybe look a little harder at him if he's going to start first, like we talked about. Uh, but then Blaney, I mean, he's been not good at all on this track. Of course, Busher has been decent, but he doesn't, you know, make you shake in your boots. Uh, a guy like Tyler Reddick is okay. Stenhouse has been good here, but these, these types of guys don't make me think that Chase Briscoe, they'll probably put an anchor on his car and catch up to BJ McLeod quickly. Uh, yeah, Brad Keselowski, I think he'll run okay. But I, but I do think that Elliott could quickly work his way through these guys, maybe after one quick pit stop, easily take the lead, and then kind of set sail from there. Um, whereas a guy like Kyle Larson, after not having a great finish last week, puts him in the metric. Where does it put him in the metric? This is really good, uh, really good podcast content. Why, the, why is is Larson even on this list? What the hell? They, oh, they left he's like, yeah, he's like mid pack, so he would be 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He'd be starting on the tenth row, so he'd be like nineteenth or twentieth. Fine for place differential, but he's gonna have to work his way up front before he'd be able to lead laps uh, and stuff. So I, I do like Elliot, and then I think that will be even more reinforced if we end up with this uh, the metric setting the lineup. I agree. I agree. Um, all right. Well, like you said, I have taken high price driver rather loosely, uh, and I'm going to offer up Kevin Harvick as my driver. He is ninety three hundred dollars. We talk about him in DFS all the damn time and for good reason, but this is one track in particular where I will tell you he is on the list. Normally, we just kind of toss him out as an aside and say, oh, reminder to play Kevin Harvick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Do with it as you will. We never really make it an official play. Well, this is an official play for Kevin Harvick. He is the active laps leader here on this track. The dude has got 1,666 laps led on this track in his career unfreaking believable his average finish though is only 12.9 i say that because if you look at his last eight races he has had a top 10 finish in all of those and he's had uh let's see one two three four five five top five finishes in that span as well two wins over that course and the total laps that he's led over the in three races that he really dominated, right? He had 201 laps that he led in 2018, 286 in the fall of, of two, uh, 2018, and then 223 uh, when he won the race in uh, the, the second race of 2020. So when this dude's out front, he led 355 laps in 2015. That is ungodly of 400 laps. Nobody else led a lap for that entire day, pretty much. It was just basically Kevin Harvick out front winning that race uh, in Dover. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is his last chance to do this, right? His last chance to show uh, what he can do. And, uh, and the turn four is named after him this week. Like, there's a lot to be excited about if you're a Kevin Harvick fan. And I, again, in DFS, Cody, what, where does the metric put him starting if, if there's no qualification because i tell you what if he's starting toward the back or if he's because you know obviously talladega was not necessarily all that kind to him but um he did finish 21st there but if if he starts in the back um definitely Looks like he'd be 12th i think 11th or 12th i think it's 12th i think this is the outside row you still give me those place place differential points i'm fine with it and then you look back at what yeah. he did in phoenix he finished fifth after starting 15th so again a DFS darling is Kevin Harvick, and this is one week you have to have him in your lineup. Yeah, you told me that all I could have said was Hendrick. <laughs> all I have to say is Harvick, because that's it. I mean, what what else do you want me to say? You made the case, right? He's been very good here. We like him Sunday in the race. We talked about him on the betting episode. Surprise, right? He comes up every time we bet on, on NASCAR, every time we talk DFS. But for good reason, he is so good here. Again, you're getting him. At a cheaper price, it, it's boosted up a little bit more than it has been in the past, but they didn't go crazy like they did at Richmond and overprice him. He's still in a good spot to play him. Uh, it might just be enough to get, get a few people to lay off of him. So, yeah, I, again, <laughs> I'm never going to say I don't like the Kevin Harvick play, but I really like the Kevin Harvick play, Rod. Surprise. Me too. Uh, all right, we'll step down into a, another tier of driver when we come back from the break. But let me take a second to tell you about Underdog Fantasy. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The NBA and NHL playoffs are here. And what better way to get down on some player prop parlays than over at Underdog Fantasy? Besides NHL, NBA, and MLB games, they've also got 
NFL best ball drafts with a guaranteed half million dollars in prizes. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. As part of SGPN's draft week, SGPN is holding a free NFL drafts prop contest exclusively for members of our Discord. As always, it's completely free to join, and the winner gets $250 in cash and a $50 SGPN gift card. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Go to the NFL channel for the sign-up link. Well, like we said, you can pretty much fit all of our drivers into one lineup uh, and that's because we have gone pretty well low on, well, I went low on the high price drivers, but we stuck around the lower end of our mid-tier drivers, I see both of us did, uh, for our, our suggestions. So why don't you tell us who we've got? Yeah, I mean, a guy that's just too good to pass up on at this price, um, and he checks in at 7500 I believe all I have to say is he's a Hendrick driver this weekend. Uh, Josh Barry, he's going to be in a Hendrick car. We know that that 48 is a good car. We saw Josh Berry and what he did in the nine car had solid races every time he was out. Bristol Dirt was a little bit so-so. Honestly, though, I mean, he started 31st, finished 27th, still got you 19 points. He had a couple of fast laps in there even. Uh, You go back to Richmond where he started 30th, finished second place in that race, 91 points he scored for you there. then you go back to Atlanta before that. Again, it's a super speedway, but had a solid day. I mean, every start he's made in the nine car this season in the Cup Series, they were positive points. His worst start was his first start, um, and that one was only 16 points. But he has scored points each and every time he's been in one of these Hendrick cars. At this point, he should be fairly comfortable, right? Hendrick kind of knows what to expect with him. He knows what to expect with them. Yeah, he was in the nine before. He's sliding over to the 48. I don't think it's going to be that much of a difference. Again, this kind of happened early in the week, right? I mean, the the Bowman announcement came on Wednesday, I think it was, Wednesday morning. So he's had time to practice. Oh, guess what? He's really fucking good at this track, Rod. In his two Xfinity Series starts here, finished second place in 2021, won the race last year. It's his uh, since 2020, which is basically when he's been running full-time since then. Anyways, this is the number one track on his average finish list an average finish of 1.5 in the Xfinity series. So he's already proven he can be good here. Um, and he's proven that he can do well in this cup car as well. They've also proven that they're not, or that they're willing to just take some risks, right? He's, he's is out there racing for car owner points. Yes, but he's not racing for personal points. So if they can take that gamble at the end of the Richmond race and get him into second place, they'll do that. They did that before. I think they'll continue to do that kind of stuff, stuff like that paid off huge for you that day, right? 91 points. That's a difference maker. I think he he can be a difference maker. You're getting a Hendrick car at a very cheap discount with a still very good driver in it. Yeah. Josh Berry's not Alex Bowman. Everybody gets that right, but he's not that much of a step down. He's still filling in good for them. He's done well at 7,500, way too good of a price for me to pass up for a Hendrick car, especially at Dover and Josh Berry's been, I mean, his two starts there second and first like it doesn't get much better than that he could have won both races i guess it would be the only argument you could make for it to be better so he's been good there expect him to be very good again gonna get you that solid finish most importantly likely get you some place differential points um let's see is he on this list this still had alex bowman listed 
Bowman would have started one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, about 14th, it looks like. Uh, with the driver change, I don't know how that plays into the metric, but it, it would put Barry back a little farther, obviously. I don't know that he would go all the way to the back, <clears throat> excuse me, because the owner's points come into factor. I don't have the formula in front of me, but he would likely be starting mid to farther back anyways if it does get set with the metric, um, and then that obviously gives you the upside of more place differential. So Josh Barry, uh, a Hendrick driver again. This I, I all chips are in on Hendrick this weekend. I, I really, really am expecting complete, utter Hendrick dominance, more so than we've seen any other race so far this season at this track. This is this is one of the tracks that they just own. I'm not saying that the 48 car probably has autopilot around that track, but it damn near does have autopilot right. around that track. So uh, with the years and years and years that Jimmy Johnson was behind the wheel of that, I got to think that that car knows how to get around that mile track. So uh, yeah, you put anybody in that car, I, I feel like it would it would just rocket its way to the front. Uh, we're talking like, you know, Kit Knight Rider status, that that type of thing where he knows he knows how to drive that thing. Um, all right, well... I guess I'll go to the well one more time and see how this hits. I, I like Ricky Stanhouse this week at $7,300. It's a sneaky play. People, you know, they, they know that he won Daytona, but they haven't necessarily seen the greatest performances out of him all season long. Uh, he's he's averaged finish at 14.2, but he does have four top 10 finishes, two top fives. And listen, when we're talking DFS, betting's one thing. But when we're talking DFS, he's sitting just outside of the top 10 in uh, fantasy points per race at 35.9. He's 11th. He's the 11th best driver uh, that's that's active. Josh Berry's at the top of the fantasy points per race, but obviously uh, he hasn't raced as many as, as Stenhouse. But look, Stenhouse has actually gotten you more value than I think you would have expected out of Stenhouse over the, last cor- over the course of the season, right? The only time he's ever lost points... Uh, was at uh, Richmond, right, at the Toyota Owners 400. He lost you 21 points on that. It was minus 21. But outside of that, last week he got you 49 at Talladega with a 33rd place start and a 16th place finish. Uh, The week before at the NOCO 400, he started 16th, finished 8th. At the Bristol Dirt, he started 22nd, finished 4th. Echo Park, he started 18th, finished 7th. You know, I'm telling you right now, he has finished better than a starting position just about every single race this season, which is exactly what you want out of him for DFS purposes. And when you're talking about how he's done at this track in particular, the 47 car has been off and on for him, but last season he started 15th, finished second. That's a pretty good DFS day for you. Uh, Didn't get you any points in 2021 because he started 20th and finished 20th. Uh, And I mean, he got you points for finishing, but not for much else. Uh, And then the year before that, started 11th, finished 37th. But in 2020, started 19th, finished 10th uh, in in the 47. So again, some decent track position that that he's gained, right? He finished top 10 twice in that span, second last season. So there's a sneaky play for Ricky Stenhouse. And I think um, a lot of people are going to underestimate him because he's Ricky Stenhouse, because he's in the 47, because it's not a sexy name. Um, and, and all you say, well, he won Daytona, kind of like Cindric last season, right? Cindric won Daytona and then sort of disappeared into the into the ether for the rest of the season. He popped up every once in a while with a good finish, but never really impressive. Uh, but for Stenhouse, 
I feel like that team is is sort of building off of the week before, you know, and and sort of climbing back into the ranks. He hasn't had bad finishes. He finished seventh at Coda, fourth at Bristol, eighth at Martinsville. So, you know, not bad, not bad for uh, for Stenhouse. And I think this is a good DFS pick up, especially at seventy three hundred dollars this week. Yeah, I love this one. We talked about him on the betting episode. He has been very good here. He's got the the ceiling of finishing second place last season, so we know he's a guy who can get it done. They have been extremely solid since winning that Daytona 500. Again, I mentioned it on the betting episode as well. We've talked about it before. Hadn't finished inside the top 10 since the Coke 600 last Memorial Day weekend, all the way until that win at Daytona, but it has been all uphill since then. Things seem to be clicking over at JTG. They're taking that momentum, moving it forward. Um, and so, yeah, I, I love this pick as well. Uh, I think Ricky's definitely going to be a guy to keep an eye on this weekend. Um, and, you know, when, when you're doing all this talking, I probably should be checking out the metric because that would be smart of me. But <sighs> it looks like he will start uh, likely around ninth place in the metric. So we'll have to see on that. That might ding him down just a notch. But still, even if he starts ninth, if he can get a top 10 finish, he can still likely pay off for you with a good day. So uh, definitely a guy to keep an eye on. Hey, fingers crossed for qualifying because I want him to start yeah. somewhere in the 20s and work his way up to 10th. That's, exactly. that's yeah. what I'd rather have him. He doesn't He doesn't <laughs> qualify well. That 47 does not necessarily qualify all that well, but the race trim, I don't think they're, I don't think they're worried about qualifying trim. I think they're more worried about race trim in that car. So um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like it. Uh, all right. Well, we've got the high price. We've got the mid-tier. All that's left now is to give you some value plays, and we will do that after the break. But I want to say thank you, because I, I like to say thank you. Thank you is one of my favorite things to say. And I'm thanking you right now that are watching on YouTube constantly, bumping up those numbers for us, giving us an opportunity to uh, be a player in the YouTube game, because the bosses love to see it. And we love to do it for you. So, uh, you know, at first I didn't know what to do. I, I didn't know what to do with my hands because I'm scared of video. Uh, but you guys have made the transition so much more gentle and, and comforting than I would have hoped for. And we hope you do it for the rest of our lives. I don't care. However long we do this. Tomorrow, we could be done. But uh, in the meantime, thank you guys for watching. I'm just saying, I don't know. I don't know. Meteor is going to hit the, the earth. What happens? I don't know. Uh, but anyways, thank you very much. Continue to like, continue to subscribe, continue to ring that bell so you know when we go live and, and have videos come out, do all that stuff. If you're an OG podcast listener that listens on whatever device, Apple, uh, Spotify, however you get your podcasts, feel free to go ahead and leave a review. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, the bosses love to see five stars, gives them an ego boost. Me, I just love that you listen. So, uh, yeah, do it, do it for the bosses. Satisfy their egos. Uh, we'll, we'll show them exactly why this show is the premier, uh, is what uh, Kramer called it today, the premier NASCAR gambling podcast out there. So, love to hear that. Love you guys so much for it. Hey, everybody. If you play fantasy football, especially in auction leagues. And or you're a whiskey fan. Yes, exactly. Check out the Sports Gambling Podcast fantasy football channel show, Old Fashioned Football. Coming to you every Tuesday morning. Give us a listen. We'll bring you the latest fantasy football data, including the injury report, studs and duds, waiver wire targets, and suggested fab. Market movers. After all, we are the Marks. He is my hubby. And she's J Mark's wifey. And we're bringing all this to you while drinking an old fashioned and giving you our honest review of a different whiskey every week all that and more hop on over give us a listen come for the football stay for the whiskey this ad's almost done going once going twice sold
while you want to drink expensive whiskey, right? You can't always afford that that upper top end bottle. Sometimes you have to take a step down to the uh, I don't know what it, what a cheap whiskey is. I I don't even. <laughs> That's, uh... Not, not much of a whiskey guy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever the cheapest whiskey you could think of, sometimes you got to do that. Same goes with DFS. Can't always fit all the highest priced drivers in there. Got to take a step we can, back. Uh, we can use a beer analogy. I am wearing a, a Miller High Life shirt. Miller High Life, a great, you know, cheaper beer that still tastes good, still delivers the results you want. That's, uh, I, I speak better in beer terms than whiskey terms. So we're talking hams, right? This this would be the yeah, hams. I don't want to see. That's like JJ Yale. Yeah. <laughs> I want to have something that tastes good, all right? So that's where we're going to step. We're going to go to the bottom tier with High Life here, but not all the way to the bottom. And, you know, this isn't hams or bush light territory. That's the gross stuff you don't want to touch. <laughs> bush light. Uh, all right. Then who, who are our Miller light drivers uh, of the race? <laughs> My Miller High Life driver of the race. <laughs> is Todd Gill and uh I just I can't look so first of all I, I was looking down in this area and I was kind of disgusted. I there's not a lot in this range that really makes me feel good. Um and so Todd Gilland here at 5800 though he does it for me. Um he gets the job done but he's still cheap. He has been on a run for his life lately and he's been performing really well. We've talked about it, right? He's had to miss some races in that 38, going over running for Rick Ware. He's he's had to move to the 36 from the 38 because they, they're kicking him out of his own ride and sending him to the lesser ride. It's It's been crazy, but the results have been there. A 10th place at last week at Talladega, a super speedway, but he, he kept it to the end. He got there. A 25th at Martinsville still isn't a bad finish. Now he did start 13th in that, so if he is starting a little better, that could hurt you a bit, but 8th place run at Bristol Dirt a 15th place run at Richmond, a 10th place run at Coda, 15th at, at Atlanta. It was a couple of rough weeks before that at Phoenix and Las Vegas, but even at Auto Club had a nice solid 17th place run. Gilliland has been getting it done, much like we've talked about with Ty Gibbs lately, where Ty Gibbs has been delivering the results. Uh, Gibbs's price has slowly increased, right? He was like 6,600 last week. He's up in the 71 range. He's kind of pushing into that mid-tier of drivers now. Um, but they haven't quite caught on with Gilliland, and they're still keeping him pretty fairly low priced. Um, he's moved up a little, like he was 5,200 5, last week, so he did jump up a little bit, but still very cheap, uh, and you can still go down towards the bottom, but get a nice solid guy like him, then you don't have to worry about going all the way to the bottom, to the BJ McLeods, to the JJ Yaley's, the guys you don't quite want to touch. Go back over his points the last few weeks, 54.3 last week at Talladega. The week before, it was only 6.4. I talked about the, the place differential there, but at Bristol Dirt, 43 points. Uh, Richmond, 26, 60 at Coda, 37 the week before. So he's been delivering solid results, getting good finishes, starting maybe to become a driver you can rely on to get you a nice solid run, just good enough, keep it in the top 20. Maybe every once in a while, a top 15, a top 10 finish at this price range, that is good enough, and uh, that that will uh, do good in your lineup. And so uh, he is my my Miller High Life play of the day. Hashtag not a sponsor. Miller, my bills, so. Miller Light? I, 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 I got to go High Life. I was, I was see Miller Light is like a premium, you know, regular beer. I was thinking High Life. It's a little bit cheaper, but it's still quality. Champagne of beers. But again, we're not we're not stooping down to Ham's Bush Light levels. That's 
Ugh, I don't want to throw up. No Schlitz. No, none of that <laughs> stuff. Uh, all right. Well, so my, I guess, Miller High Life driver of the week uh, would be Eric Jones at $6,100. Talked a little bit about him on the betting episode. Uh, Cody basically threw up in his mouth when I brought up his name. But listen, this is a GPP dart throw, I think, that has the potential of not losing you. I mean, he's got a terrible floor. Right. Oh, I'm going to contradict myself. So if you don't like that, speed up 15 seconds to get to the stuff you want to hear. Um, hey, by the way, real quick, too, just on the Gillen thing, as far as the metric goes, he is dead last in the metric. So, oh, wow. He will start dead last. So which, all he can do well, is game maybe Austin Gillen starts dead last, but he starts next to dead last. So wow. if it is metric. Gilland is going to be like a must play locked into your lineup no matter what, basically. Yeah, he won't finish last, that's for sure. Where, yeah, does, exactly. where does Eric Jones, look up Eric Jones as I talk about him. Yes, I will, I will, I'll be proactive this time. <laughs> I love it. Um, but Eric Jones, look, so we talked a lot about, there's really not a lot of comparison tracks that you can really make to Dover, right? I mean, Dover is its own animal, its own monster, if you will. Um, and then even last season was even a more uh, extended look at what could happen with with the brand new car, right? I mean, this is Dover was different already, but then you throw the brand new car into it and you didn't know what to expect there. Well, last year he started 25th and finished 10th with the new car at Dover. Not bad for the 43. Has Legacy done well this, uh, this year after adopting its new name and uh, its new set of drivers? Uh, no, not necessarily all that great. Legacy's not leaving a good legacy to start its legacy. Uh, but I will say that there have been parts uh, and, and days where Eric Jones has peeked his head out and done well. One of those last week was at Talladega, where he got you 59 points off a $6,700 salary. Uh, there was a day in which he got you 61 points uh, on a $7,500 uh, um, salary at Atlanta. So a couple of good super speedway finishes for Eric Jones. But uh, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I feel like he's, he's got he's got to do something. This is, this is a track where he's got to do something. Um, and he's done okay on this track in the past. Again, I'm not looking for much more than just not losing me points. And if he can get me at least four times what I'm paying for him, somewhere in that 24 range, somewhere in that uh, you know 30 range like he's done before in the past, uh, I'm okay with that. Bristol, he got you 33. Like I said, in Atlanta, he got you 61. 39 points in, uh, I believe that was um, uh, Phoenix as well. So, you know, good days for him to get you points. Uh, and, and, and to me, that's all I'm looking for out of Eric Jones. I don't want much. And when I'm looking at who's around him, you talked about Gilliland. That's fine. He'll probably get you uh, four times your return. But like Haley, Gragson, Burton, LaJoy, Yaley, Dillon, McLeod, you know, even Almondingers in that mix. Uh, AJ Dillon, uh, I'm not even impressed with. Uh, Eric Almarola, Michael McDowell, like a lot of these guys, Sindrick, Priest, Gibbs, they don't move the needle for me as much. Gibbs, maybe. I mean, we talked about how Gibbs could have a good day. Um, but again, in that range, I think Eric Jones is where I would feel more comfortable just knowing that. He's had a couple of good finishes this season out of all those guys. And, you know, he had a good run last year. He's got some notes to look at and, and to, to sort of go over before this race. And so, and look, everybody's going to do exactly what Cody's done and say, ew, Eric Jones. And maybe for good reason. But what if Eric Jones finds his way to a second place finish 
this year or this uh, this race, and all of a sudden he moved up the field somehow, some way, found a second place finish. You're good. And it won't be second place. It'll be tenth place. I'm hoping for a tenth place finish out of him. But uh, I'll even take a fifteenth if he starts somewhere in the in the bottom twenties. Yeah, it, it's it is a, a higher risk, but a higher reward play. I, I don't think he'll be popular at all. Uh, again, I mean the the grossness that is associated with legacy on non super speedways this season. But maybe they've got something figured out. We know Eric Jones is a very talented driver. Uh, honestly, I I'm not going to compare him to Joey Logano. That would be unfair. But I think he's in a similar situation where. Maybe Gibbs cut bait on him a little too early. He's still talented. If he can land on a Penske type of team, he could you know, have a solid career still ahead of him. Uh, so I think the talent is there. I think he can get it done. The equipment has been the struggle so far this season, but that doesn't mean that he can't get it done. Looks like he would start around ninth place with the metric. So if that's the case, you'll probably have to stay away. But again, we're still hoping that they'll be able to get qualifying in um, and, and we don't have to go based off the metric. At this point, we don't know what's going to happen as far as that goes. So we have to toss it out there as as something to keep an eye on. But uh, but yeah, I, I do like it as a as a dart throw play for sure. Listen, and the fact that he's got one of the, well the winningest guy in history at this track in his corner. If he was not sitting down with Jimmy Johnson all week long and just picking his brain for every single thing. He knows about Dover. Granted, yeah, it's a different car than Jimmy drove, but it's the same track. So if he wasn't sitting down all week long in the simulator with Jimmy Johnson, he was wasting his time because this dude, you know, lap leader, win leader, basically they should just rename this the Jimmy Johnson Motor Speedway at Dover. I'm just I think saying. they'd all have to be renamed that if they went that far. This is true. This is <laughs> There's quite true. a few tracks that uh, he's owned in the past. But yes, extremely good here. I think Jimmy has 11 wins at this track. Mm-hmm. So if he's yeah, if you're not taking tips from him, like that's you're you're that's where you're messing up for sure. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I do think he is a good call out and, and a guy that that won't be popular because of of the ick factor that uh, that is kind of around that entire team at this moment. Indeed. Um. All right. Well. Get out your pen and paper. We're going to go over the drivers that we have suggested for your worth 400 DFS lineups from the Dover Motor Speedway in Dover, Delaware. Cody started you out with Chase Elliott. He is at $10,800. I gave you Kevin Harvick at $9,300. Cody stepped down to Josh Berry at $7,500, driving that 48 car that's got GPS around Dover to get around faster. Uh, I have got Ricky Stenhouse Jr. at $7,300. Cody Zeeve gave you Todd Gilliland. I don't know why I just double-named you, but uh, Cody gave you Todd Todd Gillen. Maybe because I'm reading off everybody's first and last names. <laughs> I just got in a mode. Whatever works. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Gilliland at 5,800. I gave you Sir Eric Jones at 6,100. I don't know when he was knighted, but uh, we'll we'll figure that out. So <laughs> Why not? Uh, <laughs> sir, if he, hey, listen, if he turns a good DFS day, uh, you know, we're definitely going to give him knighthood for sure rod, rod will knight him himself <laughs> i will i will take whatever uh weapon i can and, and knight young eric jones but um all right that that's the dfs show for you guys this uh been a lot of fun obviously as always um keep an eye open tomorrow we're gonna break down our brackets we're gonna fill out our brackets right live on the yeah. air that's the plan uh have not i mean i i set the seating up obviously so i kind of have a, a 
clue where maybe some matchups we'll get to, but I haven't gone through and made picks at all or anything because I want to I want to be able to do it live on the show. It's going to be fun to talk through it. Um, obviously, we have the Alex Bowman wrench thrown in there, but we'll again cover that uh, like we did yesterday on the Xfinity show. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. It's There is some really good... I mean, even week one, some really good matchups. Again, somebody has an engine troubles or or it gets caught up in a wreck. They get eliminated early. You had them going all the way. Like It's going to be... This isn't no just, you know... Uh, it's not going to be a chalk tournament. Like You're going to have upsets right away. It's going to be fun. I'm super excited. If you're not in the contest, go over to at NASCAR Gambling on Twitter. We have it. It's pinned up in the post there at the top. Hamlinia. Again, like everything on this network, absolutely free. No cost to you. I know there's a few other pools that they're some people running that cost you money. We're not going to charge you anything, and we do have fun prizes for you, of course. So go check it out. Get in. going to be a fun time. There's a lot of entries already, so it's, it's going to be a big field, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, can't wait to break it down. Can't wait to watch it play out and, and see who who's the first, maybe first annual uh, Hamlin Mania champion. Ooh, I like it. First annual. That means we're going to do more, right? That, hey, exactly. When you that's, say uh, first. Hopefully that's the plan, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm not good with words, but I feel like that's what that means. So, so I think that's what first and annual means. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, Cody, uh, as we close up shop here, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media? Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Husker underscore Zeeb. You can find all my work over there. Um, hopefully, my we're recording this right before the draft. We'll see how my mocks turned out. If I was anywhere close, I'll have to compare those later. But uh, hopefully, you got a chance to look at those. Check me out this week also on the Lane Coin Podcast. I joined our, our buddy Skybox NASCAR and Rory Picks over there. Those guys are a handful, but a lot of fun. Always a good time. So we, we had a good time over there. Definitely check that out. And uh, yeah, come back tomorrow for the for the show where we break down the uh, the bracket. It's gonna be, I'm really excited for that. It's I mean, I'm really excited for every show of this. I feel like I say that a lot, but it, it's going to be a fun topic. You know, it's again uh, we're short the truck series this week, so we have that one open day. We didn't quite get an episode in last week with my illness, but uh, we're back strong this week, and uh, it's going to be fun to break that down. Yep, I'm going to have fun filling out a losing bracket as I do all the time because I'm never good at those brackets. So. Every, every March, I'm really good at, at those losing brackets. Oh, I'm good at filling them out. <laughs> you, I'm just not good at it. Yeah, yeah, it's usually blown up about three games in. So about three laps in, my champion will be wrecked uh, in the wall and the whole thing will be gone. <laughs> Stick with us tomorrow. We'll do all of that. Follow me on Twitter in the meantime at RJ Gomez. Link in the bio to everything I got going on, whether it is here whether it's in between media, I'm back on the back road again this Thursday, having some fun. Uh, actually, yeah, catch me. I was there uh, on the back road, so catch me there. So, all right, we'll see you tomorrow. Hamlin Mania, baby. Catch it. Till then, let's go racing and let it ride. <laughs>